This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by the original, classic, executive, and bold full focus planners. Learn more at focusonthispodcast.com slash planner. So we're talking four questions to redeem your regret. Yeah. Your regret. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet, so you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays with your host, Courtney Baker and Blake Stratton. Courtney, 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 Baker, (laughs) Baker, Baker, Baker. I was not expecting that. I know. I was just excited to have you on the show today. Hey, thanks. Uh-huh. Is that like my own personal theme song? Courtney, 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 Courtney Baker. I just imagine you kind of like dancing through uh, a tunnel of achievement. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Speaking of achievement, uh, how do you feel about the opposite of achievement? Um, failurement? Yes, failurement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tend to not do great with that. Get, I can get kind of down in my feelings, if you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Get in my feelings about it. That's interesting. I actually, when failure arrives, I don't get so much into the feelings as much as I just try to ignore it. Mm, you shove it down. Shove it down. Push down the pain. That is my natural reaction <laughs> to failure. You go, next. Next. I didn't even fail. Move I didn't even want it in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the truth is we all, you know, deal with failure differently, but a lot of times, you know, we have regret about failure. Yeah, I think it's really important how we respond to coming up short. This is a podcast about productivity, about goal achievement, and so naturally, you know, we're kidding ourselves if we think that we we all bat a thousand, or, or even if we use the full focus planner that we'll never fail again. In fact, the planner is designed... You know, not that you would just start using it and then you never fail again, but actually that you have a way, a process of improvement, of consistently dealing with that feeling when you do come up short. Yeah. And and the truth is, the best way is not to deal with it like my natural response is, which is just to move forward, plow ahead. Or mine, which is to sort of just get in your feelings and then kind of give up on goals or throw uh, everything out because you came up short one time. Yeah, I mean, the best way is to look straight at it and stop ignoring it and start learning. Mm-hmm. Start I mean, learning. Mm-hmm. That's real growth. If you're able to do that, the accomplishments and the learning that you can take from failure, it's huge. Absolutely. You can redeem your regrets by asking four questions. And we're going to dig into those questions in this episode. I think, personally, maybe I'm partial to this. I think this could be one of the most helpful episodes of Focus on This we've ever done, really. I I agree with you. This is a topic that is hard, but also can be reframed in a totally different way. Honestly, a lot of times I just feel like we think of failure wrong, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. culturally, especially. Yeah. What do you mean by that? We have such a identity to success and achievement that... We don't even like recognize, I mean, culturally, I mean, I'm say, saying this about myself that like, I just like move on to the next thing. I'm like, oh, failure, I did, wait, did, did that just happen? I'm I'm on to the next thing without like acknowledging the learnings that I can have as well as just the emotional response to it. I think yeah. that's taught but 
culturally here in the United States, especially that, you know, you just move on, you just press forward, go to the next thing, next goal, bigger, better pushing. I think it's kind of two sides of the same coin, which is whether we succeed or fail, that's our identity. Yeah. And so for me, I tend to be like, well, I failed, so I'm a failure. And for you, it's more like, I can't acknowledge that I failed because if I do, then I acknowledge that I'm a failure. Yeah. And the truth is that failure or coming up short doesn't mean that you're a failure. In fact, you can treat it as a learning tool, as a learning vehicle to become better, to grow and to continue to make progress. So when you use these four questions, it's going to help you get unstuck. If you do feel like you're stuck in your feelings about it, if you feel like you are lacking confidence setting a new goal, this is really going to help you with that. Yeah, I think let's just jump straight in. Yeah, let's jump in. But actually, before we do, I'm getting a side eye from my main man, Verbs, over here. Oh, Verbs, sorry Don't about that. Don't leave me out of the sorry conversation. Sorry about that, Verbs. It was, it was so good from the beginning. Um, <laughs> I and just got really excited. <laughs> I could tell, I could tell. But here's another thought. I think there's a healthy version of what Courtney's saying is if we um, we know that we're not failures and so we don't identify with failing, but we still need to stop and acknowledge where we did go wrong or where what broke down in that process, even though we're not going to own that as our identity, we still need to take take stock in what happened. Oh, I think that's so key is if you aren't identifying as a failure, you have the safety to take the space to learn from failure. Yes. That is like, it's good word verbs. Some real talk. That's good. And you know what? There might be somebody listening today, could be their first time hearing this podcast, focus on this. And you're wondering, how can I get this goodness every single week? We release new episodes every Monday. And if you have not yet done it, please subscribe on iTunes. That way you can get a notification when we release episodes weekly and even share it with somebody, you know, who may enjoy this podcast as well. And if you're in social media doing that, make sure you use the hashtag focus on this podcast. All right. We can jump in now, Courtney. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm so excited. I'm just not going to let either of you talk. Yeah. So we're talking four questions to help you redeem regret and move forward. Okay. The first question is, what did I want to happen? If you're like me and you kind of have that like selective memory on failure or regrets, this is really important. It's really key to recall what your expectations were. What did you want to happen And how did you see that playing out? And let yourself have the space to remember, you know, what you wanted to achieve and why it was important to you in the first place. Don't be afraid of the pain, folks. Yeah. That's why it's hard to sometimes acknowledge that. Right. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of this next question either, which is, what actually happened? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The question one and question two do a great job of illustrating what that gap was. So... With question one, you're saying, here's where our standard was, here's what uh, our goal was. And question two, you're going, okay, where did we actually land? So it's important here to not sugarcoat it. If you sugarcoat it, if you stretch the truth, guess what? You don't get the benefit of moving forward or learning from this process. So you got to be honest with yourself, write down those metrics. If you miss the goal by how much, if you miss the deadline, how long, if you lost money, customers, opportunities, write down those things. What actually happened? Because you can't fix a problem if you're in denial that there a problem even exists. You can't fix a problem, or maybe you would even overcorrect in the wrong direction if you don't accurately measure, you know, how bad was it? How big of a deal was this? 
this isn't necessarily fun. Nobody enjoys this, even with my own growth and work in this area. You know, it still takes work for me not to avoid this because that's my natural response. It's not fun, but it's so critical in order to move forward. Mm -hmm. Acknowledge what actually happened. Yeah. All right. Question number three is what worked and what didn't? Always start with positive, which really helps me. Like, I'm like, if I'm going to go into this, like, at least give me something a little positive. I need to remember this, too, because I'm like, nothing worked. (laughs) Everything was bad. Yeah. I mean, no matter how bad things went, there are some positive points. You can always come up with a few things that went right with any project or goal. I mean, even down to, like, your weekly big three, you can always find something that went right. That's right. Yeah. And be truthful about it. You don't have to stretch the truth. Uh, but part of the truth is, you know what? Some things work. Some things went well. And even if you feel like you've got to dig for it a little bit, it's important to find those things. Yeah. And by doing that, it's going to allow you <laughs> to ask the next question, which is what didn't. Again, with this one, you have to be totally truthful with yourself. If you made a mistake, or failed, you, you've just got to be honest with yourself and say it. And if you lead a team, you have to say it to your team as well. One question I like to ask myself is, what about my leadership got us these results? And so it kind of squarely puts it on what what part did I play in this mistake or failure? Yeah, I think that's a really wise approach. You don't want to start blaming people. <laughs> that's not a great way to learn. If you don't take responsibility responsibility may be painful or hard to take, but it's actually the access point to improvement. If it's someone else's fault or if it's, you know, you're blaming and it's exterior and you don't own it, then guess what? You don't have power or control over that. You can really only improve or learn from, you know, what did I have ownership over? You know, that being said, sometimes unforeseen circumstances do play a part. And I think that's helpful to record as well, uh, because you can potentially plan for some of that in the future. Yeah. For example, we recently had a goal that got pushed back and it wasn't really a failure per se. I mean, we didn't get where we wanted to go, but it was more a situation where things got dropped in a uh, different promotion and a product that we're releasing, which were good, but you could see it as like, we didn't achieve this goal, but it was really an outside circumstance that caused that. But again, it's really helpful to be honest and clear about what happened. Yeah. And this stage you're really able to draw lessons from your experience. You can understand why something fell short. You can see, like I said, those unforeseen circumstances or what you said, what were the aspects of my leadership? And ultimately, we want to redeem our regret. And you can start doing that just by acknowledging, man, (laughs) that didn't go so well. And then taking that next step to discover why. Yeah, that's right. So question three is what worked and what didn't. Question four is, what will I keep, improve, start, or stop doing? This is where you really start to move forward to apply learning to the future. Um, And it's really where regret is redeemed. Yeah, it's where you start kissing stuff. (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) (laughs) You, uh, what will I keep, improve, start, and stop? It spells kiss. Isn't that cute? That is cute. (laughs) No, this is, I mean, this is where I think a lot of momentum happens. It's almost like you go through the hard stuff, the feelings of those first three questions. And then the fourth question, you're like, all right, 
cool, now I can move forward, now I can start planning. And I've gotta be honest, if I just jump to this question, it is so much less powerful, but after going through the first three, when I get here, I'm like, oh, yeah. I think that's so key. I find myself, because really this is built into your weekly preview. Mm-hmm. But for me, a lot of times I'm so task-oriented. It's just my natural disposition. And so I will get to this part and just treat it more like checking off a task. But these earlier questions are what gets to that like deep, you know, those kind of harder emotions and questions to dig through. But they're the questions that give you the results when you get to this, hey, how do we actually improve? Exactly. This is the dose of hope to keep you going because you recognize, oh, I'm powerful to change my future circumstances. It doesn't, even if I fell short this time, it doesn't have to be that way the next time. And I know exactly what I should continue to do if it was working, what I should improve if it was a good thing that maybe needs some work, uh, what I should start doing if something was missing from a project or you know, something that just wasn't contributing or was detracting from my progress that I need to stop. Yeah. Powerful questions for sure. I was about to say that same thing. It gives you so much power and it feels really good. That's right. So to sum up, having regrets is normal. In fact, it's a good thing if you know how to process it effectively. So even though it's going to hurt, you don't have to feel stupid. You don't have to feel ashamed. You don't have to shove it down, shut down the pain and ignore it. Uh, The best way to handle regrets is to just start by just looking straight at them. That's right. You know, we all have to just stop ignoring our mistakes and start learning from them. And again, I just want to repeat the four questions for you. What did I want to happen? What actually happened? What worked and what didn't? And what will I keep, improve, start or stop doing? This has a profound, profound effect. When you get in a habit of this, two things are going to happen. One, you will really start to see real progress in the dog days of goal achievement, if I could call it that. A lot of times goals are won or lost in those right in the middle of the quarter where things are hard or it's not going great and you feel disappointed, you will be tempted to give up because you don't want to experience that negative pain. But these questions help you stay on track and build momentum, build more confidence. And over time, we mentioned this at the start of the episode, it will free you from this, my identity is in what I achieve or what I don't achieve. The more you practice this, the less that has a stronghold on you, I think. You may be like speaking to my Enneagram 3 achiever <laughs> heart right it's now. Okay. Like, it's okay, here's a tissue. Here's thank a tissue. you, I appreciate that. <laughs> Guys, this is great. It uh, it actually reminds me of something that I had a conversation with my young son, right? He loves to draw and uh, he's seven turning eight. And uh, he what he'll do is he'll get on YouTube and then find these characters that he wants to draw. And then that's how he learns. So the other day he had a character that he couldn't figure out. He loves classic cartoons. So he was trying to draw uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Wasn't turning out the way he wanted to. He was frustrated. He wanted to quit and just give up. And then I reminded him of a line that we had heard from a movie we had just uh, recently watched. But it just said simply, everything is hard until you learn how to do it. Hmm. And I think um, I think that kind of resonated with him as he knew that hey, I had to put this into practice to get better at something that I really want to get done and do well. And I think that's the same thing with just this whole goal setting process and then growing in that. We set goals because we want to grow, but we have to realize, hey, it might not be the easiest thing right off the bat. We're going to fail 
We're going to make some marks that don't look like it should and different than what we were going for. But if I acknowledge that and then know what I need to do to take the next step to continue to practice this um, to get it down, then we we can actually achieve those things that we're looking to achieve and achieve the growth that we initially wanted to achieve as well. I love that. Data of the year. Yeah, I think that's really very true for a seven year old and very true for a 37 year old. Hey, say that. It is very empowering and a good reminder for us all. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to myself as I was talking to him. Really. So I was like, I, I can't even draw a bullwinkle. Yeah, for anyone that works with children, anytime you have to like teach a principal that you're like in your head, like, oh, yeah, I probably need to do that too. <laughs> it's pretty humbling. That's amazing. I have something else that I think is amazing as well. And that's just how faithful you guys have been with leaving reviews inside of the iTunes page for focus on this podcast i have one that i want to read with you it's coming from not so sound asleep so shout out to not so sound asleep who just simply says the podcast helps me get serious and stay consistent about planning and setting goals so hopefully you are enjoying this episode so far today uh, when it comes to setting goals and actually growing from those goals that you set especially when it's hard and difficult so thank you for that. If you have not had a chance to review the show yet, please do so in iTunes and even send it to someone you think may benefit from some of these topics as well. And now let's get to our call for the day. Walker Dunn O'Connor. Hi, this is Walker. Walker, it's Blake and Courtney from the Focus on This podcast. How are you doing? Hi, good. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, we're excited to have you on the, the podcast today. Thanks for making time. Where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from Malden, Massachusetts, just north of Boston. Oh, nice. Yeah, well, it's cold, but <laughs> it's nice, yeah. Walker, the topic for today's show is learning from our mistakes. You know, when we get okay. to the end of the week and we feel like, oh, I fell short on this or... I really wanted this to happen and maybe it didn't, maybe it was on my big three and I, I came up short. There are these questions that are in the planner that help us go through that, the after action review questions. And I was curious, you know, I, I get some questions about that section uh, from our customers, but I'm curious, one, is that a section of the planner that you do or, or how do you process through coming up short, maybe on one of your weekly big three? Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> just just keeping it light. Just keeping it yeah, light today, Walker. So light. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> um, I do definitely use the the after action review um, in my planner, and I usually use it. Um, I do it like on Thursday afternoons. I'm about to do mine in about an hour here um, because I like to plan kind of Friday through Thursday so that I don't um, show up on Monday feeling overwhelmed. Um, and so I usually. I think I just go through the steps that are in the planner, honestly, and I find it really helpful to think about, you know, what I either what I did or what I didn't do that helped me meet my big three or not meet my big three every day. Um, usually I find that it's just tweaks to kind of personal habits that I need to do. Like I need to make sure that I set my big three before I leave work every day so that I come in the next day ready to get started or something small like that. Yeah, it kind of sounds like, I mean, when you were saying your routine for doing the weekly preview, I was like, oh, I bet coming to that decision was the result of doing an after action review where you came in mm -hmm. on a Monday or maybe you was like, oh yeah, weekly preview, I'll do that on Sunday. And then it was like enough Sundays maybe rolled by uh, or Monday mornings rolled by where you were feeling overwhelmed or stressed. 
I mean, is that kind of how that habit started, you know, doing a weekly preview that that I guess you could say far in advance on Thursdays? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a habit that I've had for for a little while. And so I love that when I started using the full focus planner, it allowed me to have a very clear structure for kind of planning my week. Um, I've always held that time on Thursdays just as a good way to kind of set myself up for Monday mornings. Um, I was a teacher for a long time. And so if I didn't know what I was doing on Monday, by the end of the day on Thursday, it would have been a really hard day on Monday, um, or I would have been stressed all weekend. And so the, the planner like really allows me to have a great structure to make that habit that I already had even better. That's awesome. Walker, did you have a question for us? Yeah, I think my biggest question is around finding ways to use the planner to balance both my personal and professional, you know, lives. I think especially talking thinking about the weekly preview, I do it on Thursdays. And so then I obviously use my Friday pages to set my big three for Friday. But then I tend to not look at the planner on Saturday and Sunday. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out how to best leverage it to kind of maximize both parts of my life. I'd love to a little bit more about what do you do professionally and then what's your world look like on the personal side? You know, do you have family or, you know, what's what's that? Sure. Yeah. So um, professionally, I work at an education nonprofit um, and I plan our summer training program for our, for teachers. And then personally, um, I'm married, but I don't have any kids. Um, so we have a lot of time to spend um, on personal projects and hobbies. Yeah, I think this is such a great question. I think one that a lot of people will resonate with. I do. I have another follow up question for you. When you are setting your daily big three, even during the week, I know you specifically Mm -hmm. asked about the using the planner on the weekend, but during the week, do you set both personal and professional big three for the day? That's a good question. Um, I do some days, depending on what's going on. Um, Usually they're just professional, but if I have you know, like uh, last week, one of my big three was on a Tuesday, I had to get all of my Christmas shopping done um, because it needed to happen that day. So it depends on what's going on. Usually it's mostly just um, professional though. Knowing that, I think it would be worth doing an after action review to kind of tie in what we're talking about before. But if you Mm -hmm. do an after action review on some of the other life domains, if you think about it, mm-hmm. I, I typically will just do an after action review in my weekly preview process. I really just frame it in terms of what were my weekly big three, you know, uh, but you may mm-hmm. even just take those same questions and apply them to, yeah, what did I really want to see happen? You know, was it, did we want to mm-hmm. engage in a, you know, a, a fun activity together or did we end up just sort of, you know, in our marriage kind of just sliding back into, you know, a path of least resistance, you know, chilling on the Mm -hmm. couch, watching a show or something like that. Uh, Was that working? What would I like to see? I think having one, a little bit of journal time and a little bit of, since you are married, I think um, including your spouse in on that, I think could be helpful. Mm. You know, things like, um, hey, what are you seeing? You know, uh, or what would you like to see? Those types of conversations. Courtney, did you have a thought as well? Yeah, I think... As you're doing your weekly preview, if you find yourself a lot of times where your weekly big three were just professional, Mm -hmm. I think that may be saying there's an issue with your goals for the quarter or Mm -hmm. your goals for the Mm -hmm. year. Because most likely, you know, if you're really looking at all of your life domains, you should have a mixture. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you should have, you know, over the course of the year hitting, you know, most of the life domains. And then when you're Mm -hmm. doing your weekly big three for the week, you should have 
you know, different life domains reflected there as well because they should reflect back to your annual goals. So again, mm-hmm. it's kind of a trickle down effect, but you may want to look back up to your bigger goals for the year to see have I covered all the life domains. And I'll say this too, uh, Walker. Sometimes when I'm making my daily big three, I tend to I tend to gravitate to the professional things that I have to do, and I have to challenge myself to consider a family goal since I'm since I'm married as well and I have three kids and they have you know their schedules are getting busier as well. So what part do I need to play? And making sure everything happens, it needs to happen in our household. And then not having any regret about adding that as a big three for my day helps has helped me. Mm. I'll also add on the weekend, you know, I think there are quite a few people that probably don't use the planner on Saturday and Sunday. One thing mm-hmm. that is nice about doing it on Saturday and Sunday is you can be intentional about some of the areas that you may lack. For example, I'm (laughs) so task oriented that if I don't schedule time to just, let's just, let's have some time to relax. I will just fill Saturday with all the things. And so if I'm Mm -hmm. intentional about just laying out ahead of time, what I want this day to look like, it can look a lot different than if I just go into Saturday because it's basically going to be like cleaning out the attic, cleaning out the garage, all the like boring things, but no, just like, let's have some fun today. You know? Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I Mm was something I've did recently. I found that I needed to have a different morning routine on my work days than my non-work days. Because what I would Mm -hmm. do is, you know, I'd I'd push really hard during the week. And then on Saturdays, we have, you know, family time in the morning. It's like, then the planner is part of my normal workday startup, but it's not a part of my kind of weekend morning routine. So just habitually, it was like, oh, yeah, I forget to use it. Um, And then Mm -hmm. like Courtney said, it's like that stuff you just, it's not about filling in all the blanks or checking all the boxes. It's just about pausing and being intentional Mm -hmm. and going, What's important for us, you know, if it's marriage or, or for me personally, if it's some self-care or fun, you know, uh, that needs to happen today. So um, that was kind of a lot, but hopefully that's a, a helpful answer to you. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, no, that was really helpful. Well, thanks so much, Walker, for joining us today. Really appreciate having you on the call. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Well, Courtney, do you have any final thoughts? You know, I am just reminded anytime I get to mentor someone that is starting off in their career, this is actually one of the things that I tell them really early on is to be able to acknowledge when they've messed up and be able to say, I have messed up and then move forward from it. I actually like wish I had known this even as a child to know like it's better to just say I failed and acknowledge it and move forward and learn from it than try to cover it up or try to ignore it and pretend that maybe everybody else will just ignore it too if I (laughs) pretend well enough. You know, I think this is so important for really any level, but even as you progress into your career, it's something to check. Like, am I, how am I doing with acknowledging when things don't go the way I want them to go? Yeah, that's a great thought. It's really attractive when someone is able to do that for themselves. Right. Right. Isn't it, you think of someone that's kind of maybe not in total leadership, you know, maybe you're kind of in the middle, maybe you're in the lower, like, I think as a leader, that's something that I've found is it's a great way to, because I, you know, I'm not leading a team like you are, but I've found in my own career that it really endears me to leaders if I'm first to say, hey, you know what, here was the gap, here's what I'm learning from this mistake and owning it and moving forward. Boy, (laughs) that makes a big difference in a culture. Yeah. Uh, than sort of a, 
ignoring it because it hurts too bad to look at it. So let's just pretend it never happened. You know, yeah, you're absolutely Absol- right. Yeah, I it, it's just so much when you're a leader of people and you have somebody that says like, hey, I messed up. This is what happened. This is how I'm going to fix it in the future. You're like, yes, I would rather have that a thousand times over the opposite of that. It speaks volumes. Well, thanks everyone for joining us for this very deep and emotionally uh, renewing episode of Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So share it with your friends. Use the hashtag Focus on This Podcast. That's right. And join us again next Monday. We're going to be talking about that person that you keep forgetting, but you should start to show some love. Ooh. I'm talking about future you. Oh, future you. Yeah. Hopping into DeLorean. (laughs) (laughs) Right. How to show future you some love. That's uh, coming up on next week's episode. So until then, stay Stay focused. focused. This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by the original, classic, executive, and bold, full-focus planners. Learn more at focusonthispodcast.com slash planner.